Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. So excited to be with you today. So excited to share with you a little bit of what the Lord is doing in my life, what he's revealing to me through his word, because that's what we're all about here on Teachable Tuesday. We discover God's heart in his word and apply it to our lives. So let's pray. Let's do this. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you, we welcome you, we give you again our attention and our hearts. Thank you that you're always with us. Lord, fill our, our minds, our souls with your light, the light of your presence, Lord. Help us to hear your voice in this word. Help us to know your will in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I was chatting with Jenna yesterday, my best friend, and we were just catching up on life, and I felt like I just didn't really have a lot to share. Just kind of the usual, what I did over the weekend, a lot of errands, a lot of cleaning, things like that. I was feeling actually a little bit bummed and kind of sad about my life. <laughs> And then we started talking about prayer and I had a lot to share. It actually really surprised me how much I had to share, how much the Lord has been doing and showing me and saying in prayer and his word. And I was so excited to share that. And Jenna pointed that out very beautifully that my life is really what's happening interiorly. The beauty, the goodness of the life I live is, is lived within, the, the life of, of God within me, with him. And that's true for you too. In fact, I was at Mass and I heard something very similar on Sunday. Uh, this very holy priest was just saying that at times we can become frustrated or discouraged in the spiritual life when we forget that the spiritual life is primarily happening interiorly, not exteriorly. But gosh, it's hard not to get frustrated or discouraged by our exterior circumstances, isn't it? So today I want to kind of talk about aligning our exterior circumstances in such a way that they support what God is doing interiorly or what God wants to do interiorly. So if you identify with that, if you're discouraged, you're waiting for someone or something to change today, is the Teachable Tuesday for you. We're talking all about the book of Daniel. Well, more specifically, Daniel chapter one. And a lot happens there. We can learn a lot from what happens. So let me catch you up. Okay, but the king of Judah is overthrown in Daniel chapter one by the king of Babylon. And that, that land, those people are overtaken by this foreign king, this foreign culture, which means they're overtaken by a foreign god. Uh, they're being forced to worship and adopt the culture of this other country, the customs of this other country and kingdom. And uh, the new king, the king of Babylon, he decides, he's really, he's got a plan, he's a strategist. He decides that he's going to find all of those good Hebrew men, those strong Israelites, and he wants to bring them into his court. He wants to turn them, if you will. 
He wants to educate them in language, in the literature of Babylon. He changes their names and he gives them different food. He's totally changing their culture, bringing them into his fold, into his courts. And he wants to raise them up, not as uh, the sons of God that they are, but to raise them up in the ways of the Babylonians. Now, in their midst, there are four faithful, godly, good men. Daniel being our main character. I want to focus in on Daniel. So Daniel hears this, right, that they're supposed to be reading different things and speaking in a different way, that they're being called by different names and eating different food. Daniel goes uh, to the man in charge uh, of all of these Israelite men, and he says, let us eat what we would normally eat. Just give us vegetables and water, in fact. We'll totally fast from these royal rations, okay? We'll, we'll just take vegetables and water. And this guard over the men, he says, I'm not sure that's a good idea. I'm afraid of the king of Babylon. So if you start to suffer, if, if you really can't hang, right, with this fast that you're doing, then I'm going to have to tell you, you got to do what you got to do. You've got to eat the royal food. You've got to go with the program, right? So for 10 days, Daniel and uh, these three other men, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, all from the tribe of Judah, they fast. They eat only vegetables and drink water. And something interesting happens. In verse 15, at the end of 10 days, it was observed that they appeared better and faster than all the young men who had been eating the royal rations. So the guard continued to withdraw their royal rations and the wine they were to drink, and gave them vegetables. It's getting good. Verse 17. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and skill in every aspect of literature and wisdom. Daniel also had insight into all visions and dreams. So they're fasting from this diet, the, the food of the Babylonians. They've been set apart and they're giving honor and glory to God by their external way of life. And God, in turn, is changing things interiorly for them, right? He's giving them knowledge and wisdom, visions and dreams. So much is happening within the souls of these faithful young men. So much so that in verse 20, after this fast has continued for many more days, in every matter of wisdom and understanding concerning which the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and the enchanters in the whole kingdom. 10 times better. <laughs> 10 times better than all of the other men simply because they aligned their lives, their will, their hearts with their God. And we can learn something from Daniel today. I want to draw out just a couple of things that he did here that I think if, if we adopt, if God asks you to adopt, that you two will be 10 times better, stronger, faster, more discerning, more loving, more, more virtuous in the spiritual life because of these external shifts that we make, because of these fasts that we adopt and we're about to head into a penitential season. So we're really priming the pump here for what God wants to do in Lent. So you notice that when the king of Babylon overtook 
this land, this tribe of Judah. He wanted them to begin to read the literature of his people. And so I want to start right there. I want to ask you, what are you reading? Maybe more accurately, or, or maybe we could widen the lens a little bit, how are you spending your free time? What are you consuming? I know we talk about it all the time, largely because I'm still wrestling with this myself, how to use social media in a way that gives honor and glory to God and doesn't just waste my time and cause more mental noise or even emotional strife in me as I'm scrolling, as I'm distracted, uh, as things are stirred up in me online. So I wanna ask you, maybe as a fast, to, to fast from reading, maybe could we extend that to watching, to scrolling, in a way that distracts us from the honor and glory of God. Maybe if we use our time more intentionally with what we read, and might I suggest our, our Lent devotional coming up, All She Had, or what about a book of the Bible? Have you ever read a book of the Bible from from start to finish, maybe the book of Daniel, maybe one of the Gospels. We always recommend Mark. Mm -hmm. But read a book of the Bible from, from start to finish. Use that free time to grow in holiness. Fast from that entertainment that is more fleshly, that is more distracting and, and time-wasting. And give your free time to make intentional growth in holiness. And do that by reading intentionally right? And we're not being uh, entertained by the things of this foreign land, right? That's true for us too, because we're away from our homeland, which is heaven. And when we're here on earth, we want to be reminded of the things of heaven. We want to set our eyes on things that are above. And you can do that in what you read. Now, additionally, the king of Babylon, he wanted them to speak differently. He wanted them to speak the language of his people. And friends, as Christians, as Catholic Christians, we should speak differently. We belong to a different homeland, a different country. We have been made new in Jesus Christ. Our mouths should reflect that. So I want to encourage you today to do a little inventory. How am I speaking? And I want to give you a couple of, uh, almost an examination of conscience of your mouth. Right? I, I want you to take an inventory of how gossip makes you feel when you're just sharing things that aren't yours to share or maybe don't necessarily need to be said. Is the Lord maybe putting a finger on cussing, on language that's just not pleasing? Maybe it's, um, maybe it's just as a joke. Maybe uh, it's something you read or someone else said, but you're now parroting that and you're putting that back out into the world identify those areas where your mouth is not lining up with your mind and your heart. Where are your words not aligning with your hope? Are you talking about how nothing's going right and nothing ever works out? Are you cursing yourself through your words instead of speaking the gospel, speaking scripture over your life? Instead of declaring hope and encouraging other people, we're just kind of regurgitating our problems. I want to point you back to um, Psalm 91. Let the words of my heart and the meditations, uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart uh, be pleasing to you. O oh Lord, my God, my rock. 
I wonder, are your words pleasing to God? The meditations of your heart come out of your mouth. So what's going on interiorly is coming out exteriorly. And can we change how we speak and see a change in our hearts? And finally, I want to talk about fasting. Okay, uh, fasting is something I've maybe avoided or tried to skirt around or do the bare minimum. And there are so many reasons that we maybe don't go all in on fasting. Some of those are prudent. Some of those are necessary. You know your history. Uh, you know uh, what God's calling you to in prayer. But I want to encourage you today. I, I feel this within myself that the Lord is really calling his people back to prayer and fasting prayer and fasting. And let me give you a little tip. If you're looking for a place to start with fasting, if you're looking for a place to start specifically with fasting from food, if you want to be 10 times better and stronger, like Daniel, begin with just a single intention. What is this one thing, one person that you want to fast for? And can you offer just one thing? Maybe it's French fries. Maybe it's chocolate. Maybe you're gonna give up coffee for that person. Some years ago, uh, when Jenna was pregnant with my little goddaughter, Gabby, we both wanted to, to give up uh, caffeine. And I thought, I'll, I'll do this with Jenna. This is like a great reason. She's, she's got a very real physical reality that she needs to fast for. Uh, and so I'll join her in that. And I was like a lover of Diet Coke like love Diet Coke. I would go to McDonald's, that dollar large Diet Coke with extra ice, just like, oh, hit the spot. You know what I mean? It's like such a treat. So I thought, okay, I'm going to fast from Diet Coke. I'm going to fast from Diet Coke. This is big, you guys. I'm going to fast from Diet Coke, but I made it for a very precious intention, like the most important people to me in the world. I fasted for them. And Diet Coke was a breeze. Goodbye, Diet Coke. And it's been, how old is Gabby? Almost four years? Yeah. Almost five years? Wow. Gabs, how old are you? She's an avid Teachable Tuesday watcher. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so when you have a very precious intention and when God himself is really calling you to that, he'll give you the grace to do it. And so now we're about two weeks out from Lent. I don't know if you knew that, but two weeks from tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. And so why not start thinking about what God is asking of you for Lent right now? Why not begin to pray about it? Don't charge ahead with your own plans. Don't do the normal thing. You know, I always give up blank and then I go right back. But what is God asking of you that will, that exterior change that will make you interiorly better and faster and stronger. Start praying about it now. And, and not from the perspective of taking an inventory of your own faults or being hard on yourself, being discouraged, but instead turn that conversation uh, upward. Lift up your eyes, look to the Lord and ask him, God, what are you asking of me this Lent? What do you want me to do this Lent. Maybe it is uh, changing how you spend your free time and what you read. Maybe it's um, how you speak. Maybe it has to do with that tongue control, growing in virtue there in your language. Maybe it's fasting. 
And, and maybe you've got a particular intention that something or someone that you've been wanting and waiting and begging God to change, maybe fasting is what's going to unlock that change in the spiritual realm. But consider now, begin now in prayer, asking God what he wants you to do this Lent, and you will have, I promise you, a better, faster, stronger Lent than ever. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we love you. Thank you that you know us better than we know ourselves. So we don't uh, rely on our own wisdom, God, but we look to you, we turn to you, we listen to you. Would you even right now, God, whisper into our hearts, give us that um, sense of what you have prepared for us this Lent. What are you inviting us into, God? that will interiorly bring us to life. Come and speak, Holy Spirit. And Lord, keep speaking. Ask you to confirm your word and give us the grace to do your will this Lent and always. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you excited? I'm like really pumped thinking about Lent. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.